Welcome to the Amori Magazine podcast here on AmoriMagazine.com. On this episode, I talked to David Good, who you might remember from The Bachelorette Season 5. In 2010, he won ABC's The Bachelor Pad. He just released his first book titled The Man Code, A Woman's Guide to Cracking the Tough Guy. He's currently in the middle of a 100-plus city tour to promote the book. Here's my interview with David Good. Uh, I want to get to the book in a minute, but uh, I just want to ask you a couple questions about The Bachelorette and being on The Bachelor Pad. First of all, how did it start for you? Did they contact you? Did you contact them? Uh, how did you get cast? Yeah, um, I got cast for The Bachelorette. What happened was I was living in Tampa. This was about three years ago. I was living down here, and my cousin works at a bar up the road. And uh, it was like a Thursday night, and I didn't, I'd never seen or heard. You no, know, I've heard of it, obviously, but I'd never seen the show. I didn't watch it. And he calls me. He's like, hey. I don't know what's going on here. They're having some bachelor thing, but there's a line of girls out the door, and I'm not joking. It's only 7.30. Like, you got to come up here. I'm like, look, man, I'm really tired. I don't feel good. I was like, I don't, I don't really want to go out on Thursday night. He's like, all right. So he calls me back a half an hour later. He's like, listen, I don't care what you're doing. Put something on and come up here. He's like, I'm not joking. There's a line of girls dressed up out the door. So I, I'm like, fine. So I drive up there. Sure enough, there's a line of girls just standing there with papers in their hands all the way down the street and around the corner. And it's a little bar. It only holds like 200 people. And I'm like, what is going on? So I walk in. There's like four dudes at the bar, four older guys just sitting there because it's Thursday night. And it's only 7.30. So I walk in and, and I sit across the bar and I'm like, what's going on? He's like, they're having some Bachelor tryout. He, all these girls are trying to get on this show called The Bachelor. Well, he started telling them. I didn't know, but I got like seven shots ordered in like the next hour and a half from these girls. And I didn't know what was going on. So I finally asked him. And he's like, I've been telling them that you're the next Bachelor and you're here to help pick out girls. So, <laughs> and I thought I got up, so I went over and I told him, like, look, I'm not the next bachelor. That's my cousin working back there. And they're like, oh, you're cute. Sit down, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I started talking to him. And the whole bar was just filled with these girls. And they all hung around afterwards after they would, you know, try out, hand the papers in and, and talk on the video and all that. Well, at 11.30 at night, after I'd been there since, like, 7 or 8, 7.30, 8 o'clock, 11.30 at night, Two uh, older women came up to me and like, can we talk to you outside real quick? And I was like, oh, great. So I go outside and they're like, uh, we're producers from the show. Uh, we've been watching you all night. We were interested, you know, want to know if you'd be interested in doing the show. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I don't know exactly what it is. And they explained it to me. Basically, it'd be 25 girls and me. And I'm like, sounds awesome. So, yeah, let's do it. And uh, then I didn't get it. Uh, Jason Mesnick got it. So then they asked me to come back and do The Bachelorette. And uh, originally I said no, because I had already bought into a company back in Ohio, which is why I moved back to Ohio. Um, but after talking with them and my father and everything, we decided it would be a good idea. So I told him, yeah, and then I went on the show. Okay. <laughs> that was, that's kind of a unique story, you know, how, how you got cast. It's definitely one the first one I've ever heard. I uh, like that. Yeah, it's it's definitely, I mean, it, I'd never even seen the show, like, watched it. I've heard of it, but I'd never seen one episode of it. And you know what? Up until the time I was really two weeks before, before I actually started YouTube and, and kind of watching some of the stuff that goes on the show. And, and what, what did you think when they pitched you that idea? Because you were on the first season of The Bachelor Pad. Was it something you wanted to do, or were you kind of hesitant? I was very hesitant, you know, and, and, and you know, one of the producers kept calling me over and over, and I said, look, you know, you guys really did me wrong in The Bachelorette. I said, you know, that stuff's not how it actually happened, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, and they're like, well, listen, this one is for money. There's lawyers involved. Like, we can't edit like we can on The Bachelorette. We can't control it because there's money involved. It's a lot different. Yeah. You know, if we do that and you get 
aired as you know a jerk or something, and that's not really what happened. You can sue us because you know you saw the way the end of the bachelor pad ended. If they would have made me look bad and the people would have came back and voted and stuff wasn't really said what I said or or I didn't really say it, but they made it look like I did, then I could sue them for that. So when they explained it to me that way, um, and I and I talked to their their lawyer staff and uh, they confirmed it, and I said, okay, well then I'll do it then. Yeah, um, and w- what experience was better for you, with the bachelorette or the bachelor pad? I mean, obviously the bachelor oh, pad, the bachelor you won pad, money. Bachelor pad, hands down. It was a lot more fun for one, and I won 125 grand, so that that was <laughs> what that was cool too. Yeah, that always helps, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and uh, you and Natalie are still friends from the show. Yeah, yeah, Natalie. I just talked to her the other day. Yeah, we're still good friends. Okay, um, and are you friends with uh, most of the people from that show or from the Bachelorette? Did did you become friends with any of them? Yeah, I mean, Kovacs is one of my best friends. Kip and I are friends. Jesse Beck and I are good friends. Uh, Peyton's probably one of my favorite girls in the whole world. Jesse S. Gia, Wes. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. The awesome part is I'm going to see them all uh, Saturday night in New York. I'm flying up, and we're doing a, uh, a fundraiser, a bachelor fundraiser, and they're all going to be there. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. That's cool. I saw Kipton and uh, Tenley when I was in L.A. I went to Dancing with the Stars, and they were there. They seemed very happy. Yeah, yeah, they're they're awesome. They're a good couple, and uh, just yeah, you know, I haven't talked to Kipton in uh, probably a month now or so. But um, there for a while, we we did a couple events together up in Canada and whatnot. We were talking quite a bit, and yeah, he seems really happy. So uh, you know, I wish him the best of luck. Okay, and uh, just one last question about the shows. If you could go back and change anything about either of them, would you have changed anything? You know, I I, I don't think I would, only because off the Bachelorette, I learned a lot about myself and and. Uh, you know, and and how I I would actually act towards people and some of the words I used, and I tried to change from that. So I really wouldn't I wouldn't change it. You know, I mean it was a life life wondering pro. And I, you know what? If I wouldn't if I changed it, I probably wouldn't get asked to come back on the bachelor pad. And then obviously I'm not going to change that because I won. So I mean, yeah, it was. Uh, I don't think I would. I mean, I know I did some stupid stuff and I said some things that uh, weren't very respectful. Uh, kind of kind of used uh, foul mouth, but. Um, I learned a lot from it, so I don't think I would change it. Um, and now on to your book, The Man Code, A Woman's Guide to Cracking the Tough Guy. Tell us about it, and was this something that you always wanted to write, or was it something that, that came about after being on uh, both shows? Uh, you know, it's not. It's something that I've always kind of wanted to write. I've always felt, ever since college, and, uh, you know, my dad and I used to joke around about The Man Code. I told him, you know, when I went to college, and, and I'm from a very small farm town in Ohio, and I, and, and I went to college, and I'm like, you know, these guys that I've I met in college, like, they take like an hour to get ready. Like they're wearing like scarves and gloves and complaining about stuff. Like one dude, I remember one time the guy's tire went flat. He had no idea what to do. And I'm like, these, where I'm from, you just like you don't like. I had 18 years before I went to get to college. I'd never heard a guy. I don't think say he was cold ever. Where I'm like, you just don't say that. Like it's all about being a man and being you know acting tough. Even if you're freezing cold, it's almost like a running joke. Like you don't say you're cold. You know, you can be sitting there just shivering, you know, you're seeing your breath, and you'd be like, no, I ain't cold. What are you talking about, man? Just kidding around, you know. But yeah. these didn't do that stuff. And then I got to college, and I saw all these, these kids, and, and they just didn't have any clue um, about how, I guess, maybe I grew up a little faster. I don't know, because I worked with my father a lot when I was a kid. And uh, But they just didn't know 
stuff that I felt like men should know. So dad and I started joking around saying the man code, you know, and they didn't open doors for girls in college. So they did, they just treated it, treated it. And granted, I had a girlfriend all through college for four years, know how, how to act like men. So we would joke around about that. And that's where it started. And he's like, you should write a book on it while you're in school. And I start, actually started like maybe two and a half, three pages, like nothing. And I never thought anything would come of it. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to get it published. I don't have a you know platform to sell it. You know, it's not, there's no way anybody's going to buy it. So then I went on The Bachelorette, and I, I said something to Juan about breaking the manga. And they The Bachelorette kind of made a mockery of it. They did exploit it. They'd used it a lot, but they made a mockery of it as it was a, like bros before hoes kind of thing. And that's not what the man code was to me. Like, I did say when he dumped that shot out, you're breaking man code. Because that is kind of part of it. Like, you don't dump a shot out and then be fake and fake like you took it and act like your throat hurt. Like, that's what he did. And I'm like, dude, you're breaking man code. Like, just, you know, and, and that's how it all started. Well, I kind of wanted to set the record straight. So after that show, I started writing the book, The Man Code. And then that was before I even knew I was going to be on The Bachelor Pad. And then I got the call to be on The Bachelor Pad, and, and I used it even more on, on The Bachelor Pad. And that really gave me a platform to kind of sell it. So I finished. I used the money I won to finish and get my book published. And uh, that's where we're at now. That, that, that's how it all came about. Okay, and being a tough guy doesn't necessarily mean being uh, being a bad guy, correct? That's correct. Yeah, I think that's a really misunderstood that's really misunderstood because you know, being a tough guy is just I consider being a man's man. You know, you, you do little things right. You take pride, you work hard, you take pride in what you do and, and you have a good moral compass and you use it day in and day out. Now, I'm not saying that every guy's perfect as, you know, a tough guy or anything like that. Obviously, we're not, but it's it's a it's a way that you you go about and you live your life, you know. And I just feel like every generation right now is getting worse and worse and worse. And it like in my book, it talks about how the divorce rate's very high. Um, the women, you know, sixty one percent I think of marriages end in divorce. And then like eighty something percent of those divorces, the women get the children. So you've got generation after generation being raised by single moms. And I'm not hating on single moms, but there is something that a boy misses by watching his dad day in and day out and what a man does day in and day out in a family and a household. And when kids don't get to see that, they grow up. It's no wonder they take 50 minutes, an hour to get ready because they're used to watching their mom get ready. That's who, that's who they're around. So they're doing their hair for half an hour. You know, they're picking their clothes out like women. They're shopping like women because they're being raised by women. But each generation is getting more and more and more, you know, it's worse progressively worse because of the divorce rate and then when we turn 18 19 20 and until the day that we die we want to impress women so we conform to whatever they think is cool if they think jersey shore guy type guys are cool and that's who people pay attention girls pay attention to that's how we're going to act you know we're going to act a certain way to try we're going to dress a certain way to try and attract the you know the opposite sex it's sex it's no different than i mean it sounds really basic but it's no different than animals in the wild kind of i mean you, it's it's instinct and you you want to draw you draw attention from the opposite sex and if girls expect more out of us and they pay attention to the the man code men and the guys that do the right things and not these other jerks or the bad boys so to speak that's how we're going to act and right now the fad is to try and crack the bad guy and get him you know get to the bad boy and i say just let him go just stay away from him like, why do you even want to mess with it? Like, it's, 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 they're bad. It's a bad seed, and they're going to hurt you. You're going to end up unhappy, and 
you know, pay attention to the guys that are doing the right things, the little things. They might not have a lot of money, but you know what? They got goals and they got they take pride in what they do, and and that will make you more happy in the long run uh, with somebody you can trust and love than somebody that's a bad boy. Yeah, and and I think you know what what you touched upon, uh, you know, being something you're not. Eventually, in the end, you know, if you're not honest, the relationship isn't going to work because you're not that's being true a, to yourself. That's, a, that's my biggest relationship point. I get asked all the time now. And you know, what's your one tip uh, for men and women in relationships? Start out with nothing but brutal, brutal honesty, and you'll have nothing to hide, and you can really open up and be yourself. Now, that's harder, or excuse me, that's easier said than done. Yeah. But if you can do it and you have the balls to do it, um, you, I think your relationship would be a lot better. And I, I know for a fact that when I finally get done with this tour and I kind of open myself up and uh, start a real relationship because I've kind of sh- cut myself off, uh, because I realized I don't want to start a relationship while I'm on doing a 100-city book tour. It's not fair to me, and it's not fair to anybody else. Um, but when I finally do get done with this, like, I know for a fact that's what I'm going to do. Because I've done it the other way, and I've done it. I've, done, I've been honest, and I haven't been honest before. So I know which ones I feel better and more comfortable with. And if they don't like you for who you are, then they, you shouldn't be with them anyway. Right. So, uh, so a lot of this book is based on uh, experience and past relationships. That's all my book's based on. You know, I, my yeah. book is based on facts and, and things that I've experienced. And, and I, everybody says, well, you're only, you know, 29, 30 years old. That's true, but I've done a lot more. Like my parents, you know, 53 and 51, I've done more than they've ever fathomed. I've met more people than both of them combined in the last two years of my life. Yeah. I've been traveling. And like I travel, that's all I do is meet, you know, and like some of these shows I go to, like thousands and thousands of women come through. And I get to ask questions, and I get to meet them. And since I started writing a book, when I go out, I don't just go to a bar and just hang out. Like, I study what people are doing, and I watch what women are attracted to. And a lot of people recognize me, so then I get questions all the time. And I get a lot of the same questions. A lot of women out there have the same problems and same issues. And uh, so I've been kind of thinking about it. And then I get to I get to think of it from a guy's perspective. I mean, at the end of the day, I am, I am still a guy, and I have a lot of, you know, my friends are... are pretty much crazy guys all my friends are crazy you know 29 year old single dudes running around so i know what we're doing i know what we're thinking you know some of them might get pissed because I, I i throw the secrets out there you know or, or throw us under the bus a little bit but i know what to tell them you know i know i know what guys are thinking i know when a girl asks me a question well he's doing this and he's doing this i know what he's doing i know why he's doing it i've done it i know what he's doing so yeah it's all from experience you know, touching upon the the fact that you're doing the tour, the 100 uh, plus city tour, uh, man book tour, um, how fans seem to have reacted positively towards you, more so than negative. Obviously, you just touched on that. Yeah, but. yeah, uh, especially the ones that come out that have already bought the book and read it. Um, you know, I, I've I've had a, an overwhelming uh, response. It's very very flattering to hear some of the compliments and some of the things that people have to say about the book and. And, uh, you know, I still, there are still some that, you know, what they don't, they, they believe what they saw in The Bachelorette, and they think that's who I am, and some of them get kind of angry and say mean things, but you know what, I've, I've got a pretty thick shell after all this stuff, so I really try not to let that affect me. I know that's not who I am, and so I, I, I just kind of let it roll off my back, because that's the way people want to be, that's the way they want to be. You can't make everybody happy, but. Um, no, it's been it's been pretty overwhelming, and uh, I'm I'm excited. I, I'm going to New York this weekend. I got a couple of them up in New York, a couple book signings up in New York, and then I go to Connecticut for a couple things, and then I go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, the 11th, and then San Diego. So 
all over the map, and it, it, it's it's a fun ride. It's pretty exhausting, but uh, it's something I want to do while I can while I'm single and young, because I know for a fact in a couple of years I don't think I want to want want to do this stuff too much longer. Yeah, definitely. And um, on the book, most it's men and women that are reading this and and reacting to yeah. it on the tour. Yeah, you know the best compliment I've got so far, I've got it from both a man and a couple women. Um, they said they bought it. The man said he bought it for a son in college, and uh, the woman said uh, she bought it for her daughter who was in high school. A couple women actually said they bought it for their daughters, and uh, that's very complimenting to me because uh, I mean, just the guy that came up, he was dead serious. He's like my son needs to read this. You know, I don't think I've done a great job of raising him to be a man, good man. There's some stuff I think he can take away from this book, and I said, wow. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. well, you know, sounds like you're doing, trying to do the right thing. So, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, what do you say to that? That's that's awesome. Right. Um, do you feel you've grown personally? You know, since writing the book and being on the shows, uh, when it comes to yeah. relationships. Um, leaps and bounds, man. I'm telling you, I, I've learned. I've just learned a lot about myself. I feel like in the last two years, I've I've I've, I've taken some steps to kind of step back and and really really evaluate myself. And you know what? Writing a book like this, one thing I've realized is puts a lot of pressure on yourself. It really does. People expect you to be like everything that's in this book. And if you're not, I mean, I've had people in, in clubs and bars come up to me, you know, and say like, well, that wasn't very man codish or you're not, you know, you're not being very man codish. Like just from little things, just like, if if I don't if I don't stand up when somebody comes to the table or something every time like little stuff what you might not do when you're with your friends you know what I mean like and like but but other people will come up and say I saw that and you didn't you know and I'm like come on man like people are just judging if they they're just judging you from from the book so that's put put a lot of pressure on me um, to try and try and act like a man to man so to speak. Okay, um, and just today you've been appointed Stand Up to Cancer's uh, newest celebrity ambassador. Wh- what's it like being involved in something like that and, and doing things like that? Man, that's that's pretty awesome that they did that, and uh, something I'm actually really really proud of. And and uh, you know, five percent of all my book sales go go to Stand Up to Cancer. And the fact that right now my grandfather has stage three cancer, he's gone through two surgeries, and and one of my best friends, Rhea, just got over uh, cancer, and she's only thirty years well, twenty nine years old. Uh, actually, she turned 30, but 30 years old, and, uh, you know, she, I, I was at her house when the doctor called and told her she had cancer, and I didn't even know that she went in and it got tested or ha- was having problems, and she was hiding it from everybody, and then she came in and was crying, I was like, what's wrong? She told me, I was like, oh, my God, so I got to watch for the next year of everything she had to go through and everything my grandfather had to go through, and it's really the first time that I've seen somebody close to me have to go through that. I mean, I obviously know what can you know what people go through, but I never had to watch somebody from the start to the, the end and see how terrible it is and what it does to their body. And and at 29 years old, you know, and an in shape young lady, and it's just it's devastating and it's, it's terrible to watch something like that. So uh, when I I wanted to I wanted to do something good and and I was going to do something for uh, military families back home. Um, until that happened, I, then I kind of changed my mind. I wanted to do something uh, uh, towards cancer and, and dedicate it towards uh, that. And Stand Up to Cancer jumped on board and said, yeah, well, we would love to have you. And, and uh, I think it's a great cause and, and something that uh, I'm not doing for publicity or anything like that. I'm, you know, I wouldn't care if anybody knew that it was happening. But um, if it helps uh, sell a couple books and it makes them more money, right, then I'm right. all for it. Right, and it's very personal to you as well. Exactly, yes, it is. Let's see, the current season of The Bachelor, Brad makes a return. So do you have any advice for him or the ladies that are still you know, remaining on the show? Man, I think Brad is doing a great job. And I blog about this every week on ABC's website and my website. Right. And I think the dude is really there for the right reasons. 
And I think there are some girls that are there for the right reasons. And obviously there are some girls that I don't think that are there for the right reasons. But um, I think he's doing an outstanding job, and I think he's sincere. I think he really wants you know, to find somebody. Um, he, you know, he's gone through, through this counseling in his life, and he's gone through, you know, he's a perfect candidate for a man code man. And what I'm talking about, t- uh, cracking the tough guy. Brad's a tough guy. You know, he's a Texas guy. He's, he's a pretty stout guy. And, but he's emotionally withheld, and he's done the same thing that I've done. He's gone through the same stuff I've done. He's gotten close to people. He's gotten scared of getting his feelings hurt because people close to him has been, have been in and out of his life. And he gets, he gets nervous. He doesn't want somebody to get to the point where they can really hurt him. So he hurts the people that he cares about the most. I know exactly what he's going through. I know exactly what to tell girls to tell him how to break that. Like, because I'm the same way. And um, I'm only 29, luckily. You know, it took him a little longer. He had to go through three years of counseling to get to this point. I don't think every guy has to do that. Um, but, you know, some cases I guess you do. But I, it's a perfect candidate to, to show exactly what my book is talking about, cracking the tough guy. Like, he's a good guy. He does want to find love. He does want to find somebody to share his, his stuff with, you know, and share what the experience is with. But he just couldn't get over the fact, you know, his father was in and out of his life. And, and, and it seemed like everybody he let in kind of hurt him. I know he's been hurt by a couple women. And he's just was tired of it but you i guess you have to get over that at some point and really really open up and, and find a special someone and know what to look for and he's 37 now um so he's getting up there and i i think he understands more he's grown up more and uh he's i think he's ready i think he's definitely ready to settle down and uh if you were to ever be cast uh on the bachelor would you do it again and do you think it works or it can work i do think it can work and i Here's the thing. I don't think that they should get married right after the show, after eight weeks of knowing each other and going through that. Go home, we'll meet the family, spend time together, maybe another you know six months or a year or something. I do think you can find love on the show. And um, if I got asked to do it, I, uh, at this point in my life, I would say when my book tour is done, I, I would most definitely do it. Um, it. It's a great experience. And so far it's been great for me and a learning experience. I think just from being on there, they do pick women that they think that you're going to like personality traits i mean to get on that show is very difficult you have to go through a lot of psych tests you have to go through all kinds of tests to get on there they know your personality traits and who you're going to be a good match for and they have a good idea before it gets down to the final four who the final four are actually going to be just based on that and they're usually right on i mean these these people are smart they've done their homework i i'm still blown away from the production staff of that show and what they do and and the show that they put on it, blow, it blows my mind seeing all the stuff that goes into that and now and now stepping back and looking at it after being on it I'm like holy shit i can't believe they did that like they had the top five almost picked out i think one guy on my show come to find out they had they picked out who was going to who was going to be just from all the testing and everything that they did they knew like it's it's pretty amazing it's pretty amazing. Those people are smart. That's all I got to say. They're really, really smart. Okay, and if you could give a rose, a final rose to any female celebrity, non-celebrity, married, not married, who would it be, and why? Oh man, um, Jessica Biel. I just love athletic girls. She seems like she has a hilarious sense of humor, and I think she's gorgeous. So, and she's definitely your celebrity crush, then. Celebrity crush? Yeah, I don't even have crushes, but she would be my celebrity <laughs> crush. Yes. Okay. All right, and last question. There's a video on YouTube called Victory Dance that I believe you do with Natalie and I forget who else. 
But um, <laughs> where did that come about, and was it something planned, or was it just something you guys Wait, did? Wait, was, was that with Holly and Michael Stagliano and Natalie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I oh, think, my God. I think it was, that um, was just a random night at, at, at Holly's, house, Holly's house. Like, we were just there <laughs> drinking, and we started. Mike's a, Mike's a breakdance instructor, obviously. He's a breakdance instructor. So he was, like, showing us some moves, and somehow with the wine and him dancing and the video, like, it turned into a victory dance, and it was the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever made in my life. It's gotten a few thousand views, and... Um... Obviously, uh, as you said, alcohol played a role in that. But it was well edited and everything, you know? Clearly, clearly. It was all, that's all Holly. That was all Holly doing that. I didn't know for a while that she was filming until we, she's like, we're going to start, we're going to make a video. And I'm like, okay, that sounds hilarious. And then we, <laughs> we started doing it. Oh, man, yeah. I haven't even seen it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I was I was Googling you to get some, you know, to write some questions. And I came across that video. And I'm like, what is this, you know? So I had to ask you about it. <laughs> I'll have to uh, look that up. I knew I knew she posted on my Facebook. I didn't know it was on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it on YouTube. It had like four thousand something visits already. You know. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so after the book tour, um, then you want to fall in love and get married and have kids and white picket fence, the dog, a little bit, maybe buy a couple horses. I don't know. See how much money I make from the tour. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Spencer. <laughs> I appreciate you uh, taking the time to do this. Yeah, man, I appreciate it, too. Thank you. That was David Good of The Bachelorette Season 5 and winner of ABC's The Bachelor Pad. He just released his first book titled The Man Code, A Woman's Guide to Cracking the Tough Guy. You can check out more about the book on his website, mancodebook.com. Until next time, this is the Amore Magazine podcast here on amoremagazine.com. <laughs>